Last week we began to consider chapter 39 of Genesis, and we won't go back and read that chapter, but uh, there are so many lessons that I do want to consider from this passage. So if you want to open to Genesis chapter 39 and continue to glance through there, we'll see if there are more lessons that we can learn here. As Brother uh, Sam was praying there and emphasizing the the importance of being a witness and his desire for us to be witnesses to the to the world. That's the example that I want us to notice to begin with this evening with, with Joseph, his testimony. Our testimony as God's children matters. How we live our life matters. Joseph, when we look at his life, both as a slave in Potiphar's house, and then now as we left him uh, in our reading last week as a prisoner, In the king's prison, we see that because of his testimony of godliness, that others noticed Joseph's life. They noticed that God had given him certain abilities, and they acknowledged those abilities. And even in this case, they acknowledged that it was because of his faith in Jehovah. His faith resulted in in him being the best in every situation that he was. He, as Potiphar's servant, he became so good at administrating Potiphar's business that he he turned everything over to him. And then after he was unjustly accused of adultery, thrown into the king's prison, he became the best prisoner that you could possibly be to the point that the, the prison guard turned everything over to him, that everything that happened in the prison, it, it was under Joseph. And his faith and the virtues that his faith produced in him, being responsible, being a man of integrity, honest, all of those virtues which were the result of his faith, they weren't just natural, they were the result of his faith. He wanted to honor Jehovah. Those virtues and those skills that were developed because of his faith were a blessing to those around him. And that's what our life should be to others as well, because of our faith, not because of our intelligence, not because of of anything that is natural to us, but simply because of the work of God's grace that God is doing in our life. Our life should be a blessing to others. And this is something we we see all through Joseph's life. Let's go to Matthew chapter 5, where Jesus tells us, that we are to have a positive impact on the world, on those around us. In Matthew 5, 13 to 16, Jesus teaches us, he says, you are the salt of the earth. But if the the salt loses its flavor, so remember we're talking about Christians and their testimony. If our testimony is not what it ought to be, we're like salt that has lost its power to preserve. It's lost its flavor. How shall it be seasoned? It, it is then good for nothing but to be thrown out and trampled underfoot by men. Your testimony will be mocked if, if we ignore God's instruction for our life. If we live like the rest of the world, that testimony will be mocked and trampled underfoot. God will, be, uh, will bring reproach to God instead of bringing him glory. He goes on to say in verse 14, you are the light of the world. A city that is set on a hill cannot be hidden, nor do they light a lamp and put it under a basket, but on a lampstand, 
and it gives light to all who are in the house. Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father in heaven. Joseph is the perfect example of, of that. And he, he never had these words, but we do, and we have Joseph's example. And so we are to let our light shine. That means let our faith in Jesus Christ be seen by others that it lights their way, that it gives them the opportunity to see the difference between a life of faith and a life of unbelief. Your faith and love for God will make you an ideal student. doesn't mean that you'll be the valedictorian. doesn't necessarily mean that. But you will be an example of all the good things a student should be, dedicated, eager to learn. It'll make you the best student. It'll make you the best employee, the best employer, the best neighbor, even to the most ungodly neighbor that lives next to you. They'll be able to see, well, they're, they're a good neighbor. They may not always acknowledge that your good virtues that are beneficial to them, whether it be your employer or whoever, they may not acknowledge that that's the result of your faith in Jesus, as was the case here with Joseph. But at least they will see those virtues. And you will have the opportunity to, to show them and to tell them, Jesus is why I am what I am, who I am. There's no good in me, but the Christ in me. He's doing a work in me and through me, and he can do it in anyone who believes. And, and, and your life should reflect that. One of the saddest things among Christians today is their, their lack of interest in maintaining a godly testimony, in being different. Too many Christians want to be more like the world. But we need to be glad that we are different. He made us different. And they need to see the benefits of that difference, of living a life of faith and obedience. It'll make you reliable, trustworthy. And again, they may not acknowledge. In fact, they may even mock your faith. But has anyone had the experience maybe at the, on the job or maybe sometimes even the family or at school? Some that mock your faith— but when they need somebody reliable and trustworthy to do something, who do they look for? They look for those who have a testimony of those virtues that are the result of their faith. First Thessalonians 4. And this testimony of godliness is not just around Christians. We have several exhortations here in Scripture that make it clear that this is our testimony among the ungodly that we work with, that we live with, that we go to school with. First Thessalonians four eleven and 12. That you also aspire to lead a quiet life. Notice the, we are to aspire. That takes a desire and effort to lead a quiet life, to mind your own business, and to work with your own hands as we commanded you, that you may walk properly toward those who are outside, that is, outside the faith, and that you may lack nothing. And so we, we can avoid a lot of conflict in life with the ungodly if we will be an example of the love of God. Now, that doesn't mean that we won't have conflict. It doesn't mean that there won't be those who hate us just because we're Christians. But there are a lot of things that can be avoided, a quiet life, 
if we just live like God wants us to live. 1 Timothy 3.7, Paul giving the qualifications for deacons and elders in the church. He says it's important for them, and remember, God doesn't have two standards, so this is important for every child of God. It's just that those in places of leadership must It's a requirement that they be this kind of an example, that they have this kind of testimony. But this is what God wants of all of us, 1 Timothy 3, 7. Moreover, he must have a good testimony among those who are outside, lest he fall into reproach and the snare of the devil. Joseph had this kind of testimony. And when I study Joseph's life and what he goes through and his continual attitude of faith, he's a challenge to me. Going through the things that he went through, I don't know that I would have responded like that, apart from learning to trust the Lord, which as a young young man, he learned to do. To me, it's significant that Joseph was called to reign and to exercise authority over others. That's God's plan. He's going to rule over his entire family. He's going to rule over all of Egypt. But notice in his training and in his preparation for that place, he goes through times when he must submit to the authority of others. Before he can command, before he can lead, before he can rule, he has to learn submission. And to me, this is one of those essential lessons that we have to learn from Joseph's life. In God's university of ruling and reigning, and that's what this life's all about. That's why he lets us go through the experiences that we go through. Not only lets us, he, he, he ordains the path that we go when we trust him. And in God's university of ruling and reigning, we learn to rule by serving. Too many Christians, they, they want to be leaders in the church, and, and they never learn to submit to authority, and they never learn to serve. It's all about, I want to be in charge. I want to do this. But before God will entrust you with that kind of leadership, not only in this life, but again, in preparation to rule and reign with Christ, you have to learn how to serve first. You have to learn how to submit. We live in a society that boasts of individual rights and liberties. We're not accountable to anybody. Our life is ours to live. Sadly, there are Christians that, that adopt that mentality as well. doesn't matter how I live my Christian life. Don't, don't tell me what the Bible says. In Galatians 5, verse 13, let's make sure I'm on scriptural ground here when I say if you're going to rule and reign with Christ, you need to learn to submit to God's order, and you need to learn to serve others first. Don't look for people to serve you over the Years I've heard many Christians say, well, well, so-and-so needs to treat me like this or do me like this or do this for me. And that attitude will lead to, to sin, to destruction for you and for those around you. But this is the attitude we must have if we're going to imitate the faith of Joseph. Galatians 5.13, for you, brethren, have been called to liberty. Oh, we like that. Only do not use liberty as an opportunity for the flesh. That is to do what you want to do, to be selfish. That's what the flesh is. It's all about self. Do not use liberty as an opportunity for the flesh, but through love 
serve one another. Yes, we're called to rule and reign with Christ. Thank God for that that calling and that revelation. Just as Joseph had a revelation through those dreams, he was going to rule over his family. We have a clear revelation that we're going to, we, ha- we have the opportunity to rule and reign with Christ, to sit with him in the throne. Yes, thank God for that. But how do I get ready for that? I spend this life serving others. Is that your, your thought about life? Or do we fall into that trap of, well, what about me? When you understand that God's going to take care of you no matter what, do you realize you don't have to worry about you? That gives you liberty now to think of others and their needs, spiritual and otherwise. When you know God's going to be faithful, Joseph seemed to have that, that unwavering faith that Jehovah was going to take care of him. And he did. And we read how many times? And the Lord was with him where he was. The New Testament commands us in in many different places to submit to different kinds of authorities. Children are to submit to the authority of their parents. And in our society today, certainly in the world, but among many Christians, there's no acknowledgement of that authority. We see it in our schools. That's why teachers have so much difficulty, because there's no understanding of the importance of submitting to that authority of parents. And parents are negligent in exercising that authority. Adults are to submit to the authority of the governing powers, we're told in Scripture, to our government, to our employers. There's a need to recognize their authority and submit to it. Congregations are to submit to the authority of the pastor in the will of God. That's always the context of that statement. Pastors are to submit to the authority of the elders, to others in the assembly. Wives are to submit to the authority of their husband. Every member is to submit to one another. Over and over, we're taught the need to learn to submit. Joseph submitted, first of all, to the merchants that he was sold to, then to Potiphar, then to the jailer. He had to learn to submit. He was superior to all of them because God chose him. But he he didn't become arrogant with that. He served. He served others. He served the other Prisoners, as we'll find out, he was concerned. He, he was in prison, and we're going to find out that he was concerned about the problems that the other prisoners were having. Again, that's a, that's a challenging life that Joseph lived. Rebellion against authority. First and foremost, God's authority. But then of God's ordained authority in all of those areas that the Bible talks about, that kind of rebellion, it just leads to self-destruction. First Peter 5, verses 5 to 11. When we learn to submit to God's authority and to the God-ordained authority over us, God is preparing us to rule, to exercise authority. First Peter 5, 5 through 11. Likewise, you younger people, submit yourselves to your elders. Yes, all of you be submissive to one another and be clothed with humility, for God resists the proud but gives grace to the humble. Don't don't we see that in Joseph's life? It's real. Therefore, humble yourselves under the mighty hand of God that he may exalt you in due time. He will do the exalting. You don't have to promote yourself. It's not like politics. Where if you want to get to the top, you got to promote yourself and make all kinds of promises and tell everybody how wonderful you are and the solutions you have. I hate politics. 
It's so anti-Christian. But if you want to rule and reign with Christ, you humble yourself, casting all of your care upon him. There's the secret. For he cares for you. When you know he's going to take care of you, you don't have to promote yourself. You don't have to look after number one because he is looking after you. Be sober. Be vigilant. Because your adversary, the devil, walks about like a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. Resist him. How? Steadfast in the faith. God's going to take care of me. The devil can try to tempt me, either to discouragement or to arrogance, whichever direction my flesh tends to. But when I stand steadfast in faith, I believe what God said. Knowing that the same sufferings are experienced by your brotherhood in the world, but may the God of all grace... The God of all favor, who called us to his eternal glory by Christ Jesus, after you have suffered a while, perfect, establish, strengthen, and settle you. To him be the glory and the dominion forever and ever. Amen. Once again, Joseph's life is a perfect illustration of God's faithfulness to do exactly what we read here. Joseph humbled himself. God exalted him in due time. He suffered for a little while. But then God established him on the throne. He's going to do the same for us. I think we'll close there tonight. There are still a number of lessons I want to touch on here, but I don't want to rush through because these lessons are so, to me, they're so vivid and they're so important for us to consider and, and imitate in our own faith.